Hi, my name's Ian Beaton. You're about to listen to everyday people from differing backgrounds, but with one thing in common, a story. A story of adversity, a story of inspiration, a story of laughter, sometimes a story of sadness, or simply a story to make you think. I believe everyone has a story. I also believe that story should be shared. Welcome to So What's Your Story? On this week's episode of So What's Your Story, I have in the studio with me a, an amazing young man, Zach Hoffman. Zach is a former professional American football player. And despite his young age, Zach has 10 years experience of coaching and mentoring athletes from all over Europe and the US, from all walks of life. He speaks fluent German and conversational Italian, and he's a youth developer, mentor, and motivational storyteller which, of course, being on So Watch Your Story is quite ideal. <laughs> uh, Zach is also an award-winning individual recognized by Brains Magazine as the top 500 of upcoming businesses and entrepreneurs and their impact on helping to create a better world. He's also an award-winning author of his book, SWA Leadership. Zach, welcome to So Watch Your Story. Where are you right now in the world? Thank you, Ian, for that introduction. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'm currently in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, where I'm working uh, currently at IMG Academy, which is a, a sports-based high school here in the U.S., um, you know, working as a mentor in the field of sports psychology and so forth. But uh, I spent, like you mentioned, the past 12 years really being in Europe, uh, you know, living there, playing, coaching, and uh, really that's the basis of my story. So looking forward to getting to talk to you about uh, all that today. And I've got to ask the burning question because – I have very little German uh, dialect. Uh, Guten Morgen, for example, and Alvida Zane, of course. Are, are you German, but or, or is it just coincidental that you've you've um, learned to speak fluent German? That's a great question. Uh, I am German through like third generation uh, through okay. my family on my father's side. However, I grew up learning and speaking zero German whatsoever. Uh, it really all started when I moved to Austria in 2017. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. I was playing football at the time, but I knew that I wanted to eventually, you know, get out of that career due to injuries and so forth. And I thought, you know, you know, this might be a place that I want to stay. So the language is going to be very important to learn. So I really just concentrated myself and said, hey, I got to surround myself with people who are native speakers. Uh, I have to really dive into the culture. Um, and so it took me about two and a half to three years. And, uh, you know, I was able to be to become fluent. But it's funny, because I remember my first job there, I was uh, applying to be a fitness trainer. And I went to the interview and the, the, you know, the interviewer told me, hey, you know, you have good qualifications, but you don't speak good enough German. And uh, I guess that also really motivated me. So I spent that year uh, taking courses, uh, really diving deep, listening, uh, watching movies, listening to music. And, uh, you know, that was really the year where I became fluent. And, uh, you know, thankfully a year after that, I was able to get a job, uh, at a different gym, but, uh, a job coaching and training, uh, clients in the German language. So that's one of the accomplishments I'm really proud of because, uh, 
you know, language acquisition. The younger we are, the easier it is. However, once we get older, it becomes more difficult. Um, and so mm. that was a challenge. Uh, but yeah, you know, I still try to keep up with it today. It's a skill that I, I definitely take pride in for sure. You know, when you're, when you're living in a country and you're immersed by that language, it also makes it slightly easier because you're hearing it all the time, you know, rather than sort of, you know, if I'm sitting in little old England and I'm trying to learn German, Italian, Spanish, whatever, and I'm not immersed in that culture, it does make it a little bit more difficult. So I, I can understand why, but, but it, equally, Zach, great achievement, great achievement to become fluent in any other language than our own native language is, is outstanding. And I want to take you back a little bit to where you just touched on there because former professional American football player, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, right. For, those listeners, for, those, for those listeners not actually watching the video content of this podcast, I'm seeing in front of me what looks like a, a very young guy. How old are you, Zach? Well, I'm actually, a lot of people say I look younger than I actually am. I'm actually 31. A lot of people think I'm oh, okay. 24, 25. Um, I'm but yeah, <laughs> but I'm actually a little bit older than I look. Uh, but hey, I think in the future, hopefully that'll benefit me when I'm even older of than course. I am right now. Of course. Yeah. 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 So, so, so let's start this story. Where, where would, where would you like to start? I mean, shall we, shall we go back to, uh, before the American football career? Um, where, where, where should we start, Zach? I think a great time to start is as I was a 20 year old college student uh, in, in the United States, in Pennsylvania. Um, this was a time I really consider the turning point in my journey and my life. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, I grew up in an environment, uh, not, to this, not to judge it good or bad, I grew up in an environment that was based on staying in your comfort zone, you know, being around family, uh, you know, doing what's right, going to school graduating, getting a job, a family and all this. And, you know, that's, that's a great thing for a lot of people, but I always knew deep down that I didn't want that for myself. I wanted something more. I wanted to have a deeper impact. Um, and there was a point when I was, as I mentioned, when I was 20 years old, I was a, a sophomore at the time. It was my second year. Um, I was having success on the field. Everything was going, you know, the, I guess how the world would say you're, you know, you're headed in the right direction. You know, I was studying accounting but I knew deep down the path I was currently on at that time wasn't going to lead me to uh, fulfillment in terms of internal fulfillment with myself. And so I made a huge decision at that time to basically get out of that environment, leave school. And I didn't really have a plan. I just knew that I needed to start uh, and I needed to take a chance. Um, and that's kind of where the opportunity to play football in Europe came. Okay. So let's talk about that pivotal moment then, if we can. Mm -hmm. How did, how did it feel to be coming out of your comfort zone? You know, mm. I mean, I know when, 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 uh, you know, talking about myself, when I push myself into areas where they are outside my comfort zone, there's a lot of different emotions going on. A little bit of anxiety is a little bit of excitement there's a little bit of apprehension there's a, there's a lot of things going on so how did it feel for you zach at that pivotal point when you're making this decision um can you explain to us what was going on in, in your thought process at that time yeah a lot of the emotions you just mentioned um a lot of in insecurity a lot of uh not knowing what the future holds um and a lot of people around you telling you to not do it, to not take that, to not make that decision, to not make the move. Um, so you have all yeah. these people in your ear 
even people that you know you're close with, family, friends, people that you rely on, uh, telling mm. you to you know stay comfortable, stay in the situation you're in. You have you know this is a good thing you have going for you. But I think there's just a burning desire, and most people, honestly, Ian, I could say most people probably feel this, but for whatever reason, maybe due to their current situation, financial, maybe they have a family, they're not able to really act on it all the time. Um, yeah. Because I believe that most people do want more for themselves. Um, however, given their circumstance, they feel like they can't make that decision. Thankfully for me at the time, I was a, I was still young. I didn't have a family. Uh, I didn't really have any commitments. Um, so I was able to kind of make that move. Uh, but I think in the end, what I realized was when I look back on that time, like for example, now I, I mentioned on 31, when I would look back on my time, I didn't want to regret anything. Uh, and I knew that, Hey, I had to make this chance. I had to take this, uh, leap, uh, for myself, not for the people around me, because in the end it's mm. my own life. Uh, I think that's important mm. to remember, you know, you know, we're only responsible, uh, at that time, you know, when, you know, aside from having a family, we're only responsible for our own decisions and we have to be fulfilled internally and with ourselves. And so I knew that the way my life was going would have probably led to success, you know, in the world's eyes. But for me, I knew that I had the ability to have a deeper impact on people and, you know, live a life that's, you know, fulfilling. And so that's kind of what motivated me just saying, Hey, I don't know what's going to happen when I make this decision, but I do know if I don't do it, I'm going to have regrets. And that's even worse than, uh, you know, failure in my, my opinion, having regret. Um, mm. and so I knew that there was going to be failure involved. There was going to be bumps in the road, but it's something I had to do for myself. It's really interesting when you talk about this, because when I think about, you know, Gary V talks about this a lot. Um, he, he says, you know, if you're in your in your youth and, and you're in your 20s and you want to take risks, take it because it's a great time in life to take the risk. Yeah. And as we get older, I think, you know, uh, we condition ourselves more to mitigate that risk because that comfort zone that we're in, it, it just feels so comfortable that to go out of it is like, oh, my God, you know, and, and, and I had a great guest on recently, Rupal Patel, who talks about when she pivots, she makes this huge pivot from being comfortable and actually, you know, having great uh, accolades and, and, and recognition in the CIA to then switch gears into the corporate world. And, and But she's never looked back, but she talks about those pain points. And, and when you, you talk about making this decision in your early 20s, I totally appreciate that you had the fears and everything else, but you know, as we mo as we mature more, um, those decisions become perhaps harder to make. What would be your advice, be Zach, to anybody? And I know we can't we can't refer to any age because mm -hmm. you're 31, so you can only relate to what's happened in your life so far. But what would your advice be to people who are at that point of decision of taking let's let's be honest, risk? Okay, um, what would you say? Yeah, I would say definitely, you know, it, it's, it depends on your situation, obviously, because, you know, if you're, if you're setting, you know, you have a job, you have a wife, kids, family, then obviously, you know, you're going to have to consider that aspect of your life uh, in every decision that you make. That's just part of being a responsible parent and a responsible partner. But I would say if you're in that situation, I think there are definitely, uh, you don't have to make changes on a massive scale. Um, there okay. are definitely little, little steps you could take. Uh, for example, say if you want to 
always wanted to get your master's degree and you've been putting it off, putting it off. Um, and now you have a family and kids and you say, oh, well, you know, I don't have the time. Uh, I think you have to look deep within yourself because you can definitely find the time to, you know, nowadays you can study online. So there's little things you can do to, uh, you know, provide for yourself. Cause in the end you have to be internally okay and internally grateful with yourself because if you can't do that you can't give back to others and then at the time if it, it's even your family you can't give back to them so you have to it sounds selfish but it's not selfish it's just necessary you have to look out for yourself first because if you're not in a state of mind where you're feeling fulfilled and accomplished you're not going to be able to give back to others and uh that's just the bottom line yeah and if i would say if you're younger like you said and what gary v says this is the time to explore. This is the time to fail. This is the time to take risks. But it all starts with uh, what I learned too about you know family and friends is they're always going to be there for you if they're truly genuine. They're always going to be there. But at some point, you have to put blinders on in terms of achieving your goals and in terms of you know going after the things you want. You have to put blinders on because if you're constantly listening to people around you, you're never going to take any action. If you're constantly waiting for the perfect moment in time, it's never going to come. There's no such thing as a perfect <laughs> moment in time. You have yeah. to just uh, understand that this is your life and you have to take responsibility for it. Um, and as I mentioned before, the feeling of regret is much worse than the feeling of failure. Um, and so like, it depends. You know, It depends on your situation. Everybody's in a different situation. But I believe that everyone can take steps uh to to achieving what they truly want inside because i honestly believe deep down within us all there are a lot of people who say oh i don't really know what i want to do uh you know i'm working a job but i'm not sure maybe i want to switch deep down i think everyone actually does know what they want it's just are mm. they courageous enough or and they are in they right in the right state to take action to achieve that um a lot of people try to make excuses but in the end those excuses they're not going to cover up the regret. So my advice would be, if you can't change your life on a large scale and take drastic decisions, look for small action steps that you can take. But if you're a younger person and you don't have any of that responsibility in terms of family, uh, this is the time to put yourself out there and really look within yourself and try to find the potential. Because I believe we all have a lot of potential within us. It's just... We have to understand, like you mentioned, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations or else you'll never get to the uh, point of achieving your true potential and fulfillment. I love that. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for sharing for that. And, and I've, got, I've, I've got to touch on this because obviously you, you've gone on now on this journey of helping others and, 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 and youth development and mentoring and motivational storytelling, which I'm keen to le learn a lot more about and talk about that more. But... Going back to your pro-American football days, what did you learn from that, Zach, which you think some of those traits have stuck with you into your coaching environment? That's a great question because I remember when I first started coaching, uh, I was coaching you know, young people, athletes, even older people who maybe had very little knowledge of English and... You know, I didn't speak their language, at least in the beginning. So what I learned was the way you portray yourself as a person, the actions, uh, the tone you use when you speak, the eye contact, those little things matter. And 
when in doubt, even when there's a language barrier, you can still earn people's respect by the way you carry yourself. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I learned is uh, it's also important to understand intercultural competence in terms of leadership. Um, you have to be willing to listen to others and willing to adapt to uh, other people's needs, other people's cultures, uh, because that's going to help you in terms of being a leader and an effectively in that environment. Um, I'll give you a brief example. When I was playing at the time, there was a coach. He wasn't the coach of my team at the time, but he was a coach of another team. Uh, this was in Germany. And he was a very successful coach here in the U.S., won multiple championships, had uh, multiple players go play on at the highest level. And he came over to Germany to coach, and he was, you know, I would say, relatively unsuccessful. He didn't uh, lead his team to victories. A lot of his players would clash with him and along with other players in the team. And what I think it is, is he wasn't willing to adapt his coaching style to his environment. Uh, he, mm. he was just focused on his way or the highway. Um, and he wasn't willing to, you know, focus on the needs of those current players and adjust his leadership style and coaching style to that environment. So I think that's so important. Being open, uh, you know, carrying yourself in the right way. Um, yeah. and also, you know, being interculturally competent, understanding the situation you're in and be willing to adapt your style to that, uh, environment. That, that's so cool. And I, I can really relate to that because, um, in, in, in my sales career, one thing I used to, to, to encourage people to, to try and understand is that we have to know our audience. Okay. And we also have to, what I used to say is, you know, what does a chameleon do? You know, the, 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 the reptile, a chameleon. What does a chameleon do when it's in, its, in, in different environments? It changes the color of its skin to fit that environment. And whilst we're not able to do that as human <laughs> beings, of course, um, what we can do is we can adapt our style. And a great example of that, I think, you know, something which, which I'm just picking up on, uh, just come to me whilst you, you were explaining that, that, uh, that point was, I remember reading about um, troops going into Afghanistan during those atrocities that were taking place not so long ago. And one of the colonels was very observant that the troops wore sunglasses. And when they were talking to uh, 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 locals and things, there was a lot of resistance between, between you know, the soldier that, they were in, that was in front of them and, and what, was, what was trying to be negotiated and, and, and helpful. And he said to the guys, you know what it is? You need to take your sunglasses off. They need to see your eyes. Mm -hmm. And it was just something so simple as that. And again, coming back to this, you know, know your audience, be a chameleon. And, and, and you know, I, I'm thinking here, you know, this guy who came over and why he wasn't successful, it, 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 it's probably something as simple as he wasn't um, understanding of, of who he was trying to coach. Literally, the chameleon is a great example. That's literally what you have to do. You have to be a chameleon. You have to understand, keep your morals and keep your you know, confidence in yourself yeah. as a leader, but understand your audience and understand the people who are the people who are you are leading and be willing to adapt to uh, their needs and you know, what they're used to. That's so important. Yeah. And, and like you say, Zach, you know, when, when we're in a different country or, 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 or we've got different cultures to consider, that becomes even more important, right? Um, because those little nuances uh, can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Um, so 
let's talk about coaching itself then. Um, what do you, what have you found over the years, Zach, doing what you do? Is there a common challenge that you've found in individuals or, or, or is there like, you know, a trait which you could say, I see this a lot? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've worked mostly with young people, but I also worked with, you know, adults as well. And one thing I really realized is when you get to know somebody and you listen to their story, you can get a good idea of how they were raised as a kid in terms of no. were they given the confidence, were they given proper mentorship. And what I found was there's a lot of people out there who don't who lack confidence in themselves uh, for whatever reason. Maybe they were put down as a young person. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they were told they couldn't do things. Um, and so for me, what I think the world needs more and what I try to be as a coach is just a positive adult mentor in the lives of young people and even in the lives of uh, older people as well. You have to be the person to uh, be the one to encourage and, you know, help people bring that, uh, build up that confidence and bring that potential out of them. Because unfortunately, uh, there's just not enough positive mentorship in this world. Um, a lot of people don't know who to rely on uh, because they were raised in an environment where they weren't encouraged or they didn't have, you know, people around them to help them grow. And so this is so important and why I'm so passionate about working with youth is for me, it's not even about the sport. It's just about building them up uh, in, in terms of their confidence, helping them understand what they do well, what they enjoy doing. And that's going to, you know, create a better world in the future. Uh, because there's mm -hmm. going to be more people who understand who they are as a person, have confidence in themselves, willing to take risks and have the mindset to serve others, uh, serve themselves first and then serve others. So that's really what I notice is it's really sad to see even adults who just lack confidence in themselves and are constantly putting themselves down, constantly consumed with negative thoughts. Uh, mm -hmm. and I believe that stems from our childhood You know, our childhood sticks mm -hmm. with us throughout our life, uh, those experiences. And there's just a lot of traumas that people are dealing with. And so I just try to be a, a light, I guess, in their life and help them understand that, uh, you know, maybe now they're not in the state they want to be, but it doesn't mean that they can't get there. Um, and so yeah. for me, that's, that's the most important thing about being a coach and what I've under, what I've realized is just people need others who believe in them. And that's what I try to be. That's amazing. So, you know, you're bringing out the best of what is actually already inside of individuals. Absolutely. Okay? And, it, and, and sometimes it's buried deep down. But when we, when we I'm going to use the term unleash that power, um, it's a beautiful thing to see, right? And, and Zach, help me on this one. Is it ever too late to unleash that inner confidence and inner self? Absolutely not. Um, I think. Unfortunately, the world we live in today with social media, it's so easy to compare our current situations to others uh, who are maybe the same age as us or, you know, comparison is really the, it's, it's a poison of society. Um, mm. Because once we start comparing ourselves to others, um, we're going down a path that's, you know, going to lead us into a, a rough state. So I think it's so important to understand and truly believe and truly uh, accept that everyone's timeline is different. Um, everyone's story is different. You know, as you right. mentioned earlier in the podcast, everyone has a story, um, which means it's individualistic. And so people 
what I try to encourage people is, you know, you, you know, this is all leading up to, you know, an amazing story in terms of your life, amazing story of inspiration. And I think everyone, regardless of age, has the ability to live a life in such a man in such a manner. It's just about believing it. You have to truly believe it, and you can't make excuses uh, for you know being too old, not having the proper people around you, not having the environment. You have to be proactive. Um, and I think it it doesn't matter whatsoever how old you are. Uh, mm-hmm. Potential is endless. You can reach your potential at ninety, eighty. It doesn't matter. There's always a time and there's, it's never, it never ends. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's beautiful what you're switching on there because I'm going to throw this into this. Uh, and, and a lot of people know this, but a lot of people don't know this. So Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? The Colonel, I, th- I think he was in his sixties when he started, when he, when he discovered the formula that is still today on Kentucky Fried Chicken, that beautiful taste that we, that we get from KFC. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think he was in his sixties. He might've even been later in life than that, but he then went on an unbelievable journey of rejection, approaching, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, companies or, or, or outlets to say, look, I've got this, you know, I, I think, and there was just like, tons and tons of rejection for him. But when we think about the reason why I'm telling that story is because it's an example of somebody who is late in life, but has unleashed something which become his passion, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, What I love about what you're doing, Zach, is you're giving youth the opportunity to, or, or the realization to unleash the beauty that's in within them and the confidence that's within them to then obviously uh, take them uh, uh, throughout that journey, yeah. uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully throughout their life. But I also love the point that you touched on about comparison. It really doesn't matter. You know, if you're, if you're in your twenties and you've got a, 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 somebody who you might follow on social media, so a friend, a family member, whatever it might be, that's, perceived to be successful okay and, that, and that's an interpretation that, that is unique to, to ourselves often but there is society that give us a perception of what success looks like if you're not there yet it doesn't matter mm-hmm. to me it doesn't matter anyway um and you've got to start to not compare i agree with you completely you know why do we need to compare anything you know it might be a female that she, she's 30 odd she thinks oh i should be engaged by now i should be married i should have a child why? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, okay. Well, we, we went down a bit of a rabbit hole there, but yeah. I think it was an important. I think it was an important one to 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 cover. I, I'm going to ask you this, and and forgive me if it's a swerve ball, but what do you think makes a good coach, Zach? For me, what makes a good coach is adjusting your strategy to what your players or what your team does best. Find out what each member of your team does best and form your strategy and tactics around that. Don't be self-consumed in terms of what you believe and what you believe to be right. You have to really pay attention to the people around you. And it's honestly, it's an individualistic approach. You have to be able to understand each team member, understand their story, understand their strengths, their weaknesses, and find out how to use them in terms of building up the greater good of the team. Um, So I think it's, you have to be flexible, adaptable, and you can't have a big ego as a coach because when you have a big ego, uh, that'll get in the way of you having success. 
because each team that you're that you deal with is different. Everybody does things differently. Uh, everybody does things better or worse than others. And I think the the strongest thing and the strongest characteristic a coach can have is being able to understand the values and the traits of each team member and being able to implement them in in, in order to achieve uh, team success. I like that. I like that. And and let's talk about youth development then. What are you hoping to achieve in your sphere of youth development, Zach? Mm-hmm. For me, it's just about, uh, you know, I look back on my life when I was young and I realized how much it would have benefited me to have, you know, an adult mentor in my life who understood, uh, you know, what I had to offer to the world and didn't constantly focus on my weaknesses, what I couldn't offer. Um, and so for me, I think it's just empowering them in an age where uh, they're able to have a head start, I guess, in terms of, you know, impacting society um, and just help them understand their strengths uh, and not criticize them and, you know, beat them up about what they can't do. Focus on what they can do and help them become great at that um, and honestly yeah. help them be fulfilled with themselves before they uh before they venture out into helping others you know to have a life where they're um where they feel happy where they feel satisfied and in a state that they're able to give back to others um and so for me mm-hmm. that's so important just being that person that I didn't have at that age and uh right. you know giving them that person who they can lean on and know that there's someone who believes in them um mm-hmm. and is there for them and will support them on you know whatever goal that they have I'm going to make a bold statement here. I'm hearing the word confidence, but am I right that what we're really drilling down to here as well is self-esteem, right? Yeah, absolutely. Really, that's it. Um, you know, you see it. Every, I see it every day. You know, there's kids and, and adults who just have a very, very low self-esteem. And right. I think it's because they've just been beaten up by the world, you know, constantly told them they can't do things, constantly been rejected. Um, maybe they were in bad relationships, uh, what, whatever that may be. Um, the world can be a tough place. Uh, but that's why I think it's so important to, um, you have to be, like you said, you have to have positive self-esteem because if you don't have that, you're not even giving yourself a chance to succeed because if you don't believe in yourself, then no one else will. That's amazing, Zach. And, and I'm guessing, and this is probably the wrong presumption here, but do you work mostly with males? So I do work mostly with males. I have worked with females, mostly when I was in Europe. Uh, but you're right. The majority of people I work with are males. And, uh, you know, what I try to do in this environment is, you know, there's a mantra in our society that, you know, males can't show their emotions, that they, uh, you know, have to be strong. And so this is something that I try to help them with in terms of uh, getting those emotions out and helping them understand, hey, these are things that you can talk about. You know, these things, you know, if you're feeling sad and upset, these are things that you, I'm, I'm here to talk about that with you. And so for me, that's, I also try to be a resource in that aspect because, you know, I see so many young people, especially in sports, uh, who are constantly yeah, told, yeah. Uh, be a man, be tough, uh, this and that. But the reality is, Human emotion, the emotion we experience as a human, it doesn't matter what gender you are. Uh, we all have the same emotions. And so what I try to help these young men understand is that it's okay to express those, express those emotions. 
Um, mm. And, you know, I'm a person who's going to listen and, you know, give whatever advice I can. But you can't be afraid to talk about your issues uh, because that's just going to build up and lead to, you know, potential disaster one day. I'm so glad you answered that question the way you did because that is exactly what I was hoping you would say. Because in in the in the world of uh, again, I'm making a bit of a presumption here, but in the world of professional uh, American football, it is kind of macho, right? And and, and it is this, mm, very. you know, I'm I'm a you know I'm I'm a man kind of thing, but 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 again, yeah. but again, Zach, right? Guys, we we do have a swim of emotions, right? We do, and I For think sure. it's so important. I think it's so important that we can be in an environment where we feel comfortable to share those emotions. All right, and and, and listen, any anybody of any age listening to this podcast, I want you to know if you're a male or a female that please find a safe environment and a safe group uh, that you can trust, that you can talk in confidence and share your emotions. If you're feeling a bit shit, it's okay to yeah. say, I'm not feeling great right now and this is how I'm feeling. Don't bottle it up. Don't let it overwhelm you. Don't let it not, not let you sleep peacefully at night. Talk about it, right? Would you agree, Zach? 100%. That's the main thing. Uh, you can't be afraid to talk about it because I promise you there are other people feeling the same way as you. Um, and so 100%. that that's something that's so important. Um, and that's, that's definitely what I try to portray because when I grew up, you know, it was a little bit different time than now. We didn't have social media, smartphones, anything like this. But, uh, you know, I, was, I grew up in an environment where I wasn't comfortable doing that. And I now understand looking back on my, on my life how much that would have benefited me have a person to not judge me and just listen and you know you know sympathize and help me understand that hey this is normal um what can i do to help uh what can we do to help yeah. you through this um and so yeah. i realized the value in that and so that's definitely something that i'm passionate about uh being in the position that i'm in and uh something that i'm going to continue to you know to help help these young people do yeah, and and you know it's it's a great leadership trait, right? And, and we talk about leadership, you know. And again, it's a huge subject. What what you know? What 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 is leadership? Is the first question. And, and I guess you know, we can talk about that uh, because you, I, I see, I see you as as a great leader. Uh, but but what would you say, Zach? You know, over over the years of of, of doing what you're doing, coaching and mentoring, and and you know, across as as we said, you know all sort of um, walks of life, right? And, and, and different cultures as well. Um, what would you say, in your opinion, makes a great leader versus a poor leader? One of the terms I use uh, a lot is um, leadership by itself isn't enough. Leadership alone is not enough. Uh, you have to understand that it has, there has to be effectiveness in front of that leadership. And so for me, an effective leadership is a lot of things we talked about today. Uh, taking individualistic approach, helping each member or each member of your following or your team uh, understand what they do great and the value that they bring uh, to society and to the team. And I think a lot of where leadership fails a lot is when they take this general approach and when they're focused on the short term. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our you know business and society works like that. They want short term results. 
And so if the per- that person is not, you know, maybe getting the job done at that moment, they give up on them. Um, but they don't really look at the potential that that person may have to eventually right. achieve, achieve those, uh, you know, those high standards. And so for me, mm-hmm. I think it's just understanding the environment, be willing to adapt, uh, understanding what each people do best, what each person does best, and listening to understand people, not just to respond to them, listening to understand their story, what motivates them, what makes them tick, and then using that in your, in your leadership style in order to help them uh, get to where they want to be. Yeah. And so for me, yeah. these are things that are so important, but a lot of leaders don't even consider them because they're just focused on results. If you're not getting the, re- mm. not getting the job done, you're out, next person in. But it starts this cycle, this continuous cycle that uh, you know never ends because you're just constantly sh- moving people in and out and you're not actually focusing on the potential they have within themselves. Um, yeah. And so for me, that's, that's, that's so important. Just being able to adapt, listening to people's stories and, you know, being in a position to connect with them emotionally. That's another thing I think is huge because we all have different lives. We all have different journeys. We all have different stories, but the emotion attached to our stories, we can all relate to whether that be happiness, sadness, anger. So I think it's so important to use your own story and the emotions associated with your own story. And, and then, you know, be able to relate with another s- story and uh, connect with them in that way. Um, because that's where I think you can earn a lot of people's respect. And as a leader, you know this, I'm sure, if you don't have respect, you won't have any success. You have to have the respect of your followers. And I think a way to earn that respect is connecting with them on that level, on that emotional level. And another thing that, that I think is, is, is really interesting, Zach, uh, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking here, some talent as well just needs a little bit of time and nurturing because there's often examples throughout history and, and certainly, you know, throughout all spheres of sports, uh, you know, sales, anything, you know, medical, lawyers, anything where, where an individual has, has the potential to be outstanding, but the time for them just isn't quite right yet. And would you agree that as a leader, it's important that we can identify that this person has enormous potential, but they're just not at the right point of their journey yet. So it could be a rookie in a football team, for example. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's another trait that's very uh, important for, you know, leading effectively. Being able to uh, see people for what they're not, but understand that what they're capable of and be willing to yeah. invest in that person and be the one that, you know, is going to help them bring that potential out of them. Um, that's so important. There are so many people in this world who have immense potential. Um, but unfortunately they just, there aren't enough effective leaders who are willing to invest the time to bring that potential out of them. Um, so that's so important. That's something I try to do. I think everyone has something to offer, uh, whether it's yeah. athletically, uh, you know, they, everyone can offer something and it's just, sometimes they need someone to invest in them and believe in them. And that's going to give them that extra push to, to bring that out. And as a leader yeah. and, and as someone in a leadership role, that's going to give you so much fulfillment when you are able mm-hmm. to bring, you know, someone up and invest in them. 
and see the fruits of their labor uh, and understand and know that, hey, you know, I played a role in that person's life in, in terms of their development. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And let's switch that to the individual, right? Because if you're the individual on the other side, on the other side of the camp, so you may have been in in in, in a in a commerce environment, you may have been in a sport environment, and you may have had a coach or a leader that has said, "Listen, you, you know, you, you're not hitting the mark. You you got to go." Well, it's easy then for your head to drop, right? Mm-hmm. But again, coming back coming back to your earlier point about this inner self belief, if we see our northern star, so to speak, and we know we can do it, then we must have the confidence to keep going. And that's across so many spheres, right? It can be in in, in business, in commerce, in personal life, in relationships, in blah, 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 blah. You know, just because one shoe didn't fit, it doesn't mean to say that all the shoes don't fit. Absolutely. Again, again, can you you see where I'm going with that? 100%. And this is something that I try to tell a lot of athletes too, is because Unfortunately, the way the sports world works, that's often what it is. If you can't get the job done, cut onto the next one. That's why it's so important for people, especially athletes, to understand you have to have a plan B. You have to have something else that you're passionate about and that you that you know that you can offer uh, to the world outside of just playing your sport. Because one day, you're, you're not going to be able to play, whether it's because of injury or whether it's because a coach says, you know, sorry, you're just not getting the job done. It's a cutthroat world in athletics. That's why a lot of athletes fall, you know, they find themselves in trouble post-career because they identify solely with that sport and their ability to perform that sport. And so once that moment comes, they're unable to uh, really find themselves again. And so for me, that's why, you know, especially athletes, it's so important to understand your true value outside of your sport. What can you offer this world? What can you offer yourself? What potential do you have that's not associated with your with yourself just performing on the field or the pitch or whatever that may be, mm-hmm. you have to have something else, and um, um and that's something I stress when I being in an athletic environment, I do my best to stress that to uh, these athletes is that one day you're going to be told you can't play anymore or you can't play you can't be on the team anymore. That's just how the sport world works. That doesn't have to be your downfall. It can actually be, you know, a blessing in disguise because it's really going to allow you to become the person that you're capable of being and not just the athlete that you are. And so that's something that's, you know, I wish I would have realized earlier in life, uh, but it's so powerful if you can, if you can realize that and understand that your value isn't just found in your ability to perform. You know, a lot of things we learn in sports, a lot of those characteristics, those traits that we learn can carry over into the next phase of life. You just have to be willing to adjust, uh, you know, adjusting according to the environment that you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so try to avoid to become siloed and just single visioned. Hey, and and you wrote a book uh, which is called SWA Leadership. And I was curious when I first read that title, what does SW stand for? Well, mm-hmm. I think I've got this right, Zach. It's Swiss Army, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So, so tell me a little bit more about that because I'm immediately thinking: is that is as that is as in a Swiss Army knife, where there's loads of different assets, loads of different tools that can come out of one 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 item? Is mm-hmm. that what the book is is based on, or or, or 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 am I down the wrong road? No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. So the idea behind the book is, you know, I, I believe in what I found to be, you know, somewhat true, 
uh, at least through my experiences being abroad and, you know, being within these various leadership roles is we have to be a leader like a Swiss army knife. We have to have a strong foundation, but we also have to have tools, uh, you know, various tools like a Swiss army knife has in order to lead effectively in those, you know, international intercultural environments. And for me, uh-huh. Uh, I use the Swiss Army knife basically as a model for how modern day leaders can lead effectively in uh, international environments. Um, and I think you mentioned earlier, one of the traits is nurturing, uh, communicating, listening to comprehend. All these things are so important to us, uh, not only in international environment, but even more when we're dealing with others who, you know, where there's language barriers and cultural barriers involved. Um, and so I think what I learned is that if you can become a Swiss army knife in terms of your mindset as a leader, uh, you're, you're going to put yourself in the best situation to lead effectively, uh, by having all these traits in your toolbox and being able to adjust and adapt, uh, and really get the best out of the people, uh, you're, you're, you're mentoring and that you're leading. That's amazing. I, I, I really, I, I really love that Zach. And, you know, so Zach, you know, what, what does the future look, look like for you? And, and what do you, what do you hope to achieve? What's your what's your your wish? Yeah, so I think for me, the next step for me is uh, you know what I what I started to notice is that um, you know a lot of kids, a lot of young people who uh, you know may on the outside seem like everything is great, but you know they're still dealing with things internally. And I noticed a lot of young people started to come to me about these issues. And so I think the next stage for me is getting into the, uh, the clinical uh, psych- psychology field where I can, you know, really be that person that these young people can lean on. Because uh, I believe that we need better therapists and better, uh, you know, people in the mental health field who are really genuinely invested in the clients and the people they're dealing with. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the direction I'm headed at the moment. Um, but, you know, just being that person... Uh, writing more books is also on my plate. I'm currently working on a few more of those. Uh, but I think what I understood and what I realized is uh, my my gift and what I can give back is, you know, using my story, the things I went through um, in order to, you know, invest and hopefully better the lives of others. And that gives me a lot of fulfillment. And, you know, I believe that I, you know, I play a big role in those young in those young people's lives. And so for me, uh, that's where I see my my life kind of headed. Yeah, you're leaving a legacy, right? Which Absolutely. Is, which is which is which is so incredible and beautiful for anybody to leave behind. And Zach, if people are listening to this and thinking, you know, and I'm sure they are, Zach's a really cool guy. I'd I'd love to I'd love to uh, connect with him or learn more about his what he's doing and and how can people find you. Yeah, definitely. So I think the best way to find me is on uh, Instagram. I'm pretty active there. Uh, my Instagram handle is uh, Z-A-C-H-O-F-F-1-2, Zach Hoff 12. You can find me there. Also, I'm on LinkedIn. You can uh, you know, type in my name, Zachary Hoffman, Swall Leadership. In Google, you'll be able to find my uh, LinkedIn profile, uh, um, email address, everything you need. Um, so those, def- those are definitely the best ways, Instagram and uh, LinkedIn and email for sure. Thank you so much. And I loved this quote that you'd got on your website too, which was, um, uh, it's a very famous quote by an amazing man. 
uh, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change, mm. uh, which was uh, Albert Einstein, of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. And, and Zach, I think you exemplify that, that statement. And um, uh, it's, been, it's been really cool having you on So Watch Your Story and listening to the journey so far. But I, I know there's a lot more in the future for you ahead. And um, is there anything closing off that you'd like to um, uh, uh, leave our our listeners with um, a quote, a point of inspiration, or just a bit of advice? Yeah, I think a bit of advice I can give is, you know, the world we live in today, we all know social media is something that basically everyone is involved in. And what I would suggest is understand there's a fine line between self-development and self-destruction. What I mean by that is the people you're following, the people that, uh, you know, you're, you know, looking for inspiration for on social media, understand there's a fine line between you know following people to develop yourself as a person while also following people you know which is self-destructing yourself from within by like we mentioned before comparison so understand that and uh understand that everyone on social media is is uh, portraying their best version of themselves um and it's not always the truth behind the whole issue so that's something that i think is so important is just Follow people who are going to help you develop uh, and not help you, but, you know, understand that don't let those people bring you down as well by their own achievements and, you know, comparing yourself to their situation. Um, so for me, I think that's so important. I think that's something that a lot of young people and people in general go through. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely something I would suggest for sure. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate it. I think you'll agree. That was quite a story. Join me again for next week's episode of Ian Beaton's So What's Your Story? If you enjoyed this episode, it meant something to you, or maybe you think a friend or a loved one might like to listen to it too, go ahead and share it with them. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share, or perhaps you know someone who does, I invite you to join me on my podcast. I can be contacted by email, web, or social. Thank you. You've just listened to So What's Your Story?